The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hello, welcome to a jam-packed edition of the Sneakers and Cleats podcast. This is episode four. We're going to have a reaction to all the big moves free agency, including the rumor that the Spurs might be in on the Damian Lillard sweepstakes. So Dame time may be coming to the Alamo City. Plus, latest on Victor Wembanyama, as the big Frenchman gave us some insight on what he's learned so far, why he isn't playing in the FIBA World Championships, why he's not playing in the Sacramento Summer League, but is playing in Las Vegas. And last but not least, San Antonio native Josh Young is going to start the All-Star Game for the American League, becoming the first rookie to do so since 1949, at third base at least. Chuck got a uh, great interview a couple days ago with Marion Jeff Young. It was, that's what I'm calling the good stuff. That was, that was a great, great interview, Chuck. So, Yeah, it was all them. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're really good people and obviously very humble people, too, considering what's going on. Right. So, as always, I'm your host, Matt Roy, joined by longtime sportscasters Chuck Mikatinik and Don Harris. So, busy week, as always, it seems, these days. Crazy, crazy times. Crazy times. You're going to be heading out to uh, Las Vegas later this week, right? Absolutely. That's going to be fun, seeing mm-hmm. Wemby play in person for the first time. Yeah, I don't know how much he's going to play, but uh, just the you know, the zoo that's going to be surrounding him would be fun. I saw the other day, it was like the uh, the Las Vegas Summer League schedule. The first two games are on ESPN, and then the other two are on NBA TV, and people are like, when's Wemby playing? It's like, well, maybe, yeah. take, maybe take a look at <laughs> right. the uh, yeah. broadcast schedule to see when he's going to play. <laughs> I think we know. So uh, before we get to all that, I want to get to know the OGs here. So you guys have been around for a very long time. Um before you were born, man. Before I was born, I don't. I don't want to keep reminding you of it because I actually have a white hair now over on this side. Don't remind me. I'm getting old too. But uh, before in our day, when we loved it, <laughs> we liked it. We walked uphill both ways to the station in snow, both ways, and we loved it. So before we get to all of that, I wanted to uh, ask you guys a question. You know, let's get to know you guys a little bit. So both of you, uh, who who are your favorite teams? So let's take the four, the three major sports. Baseball, basketball, football. Who were your favorite teams growing up, and did that change at any time through your lives? It did change for me as I got older, but, you know, I'm my dad was in the military, so we lived in Germany all the way till I was in second grade. And then when we moved to the United States, you know, we didn't have a TV over there, at least one that I remember. And the Chicago Cubs were on every single day when my dad was going to graduate school in South Bend, Indiana. So I grew up a huge Cubs fan. You know, my dad's uncle played for the Packers in the 30s, so we were brainwashed. But when I was a little kid, I don't know, it was something about the Minnesota Vikings colors and the helmets that really I gravitated to. So I was a bit of a Vikings fan as a kid growing up. But as I've gotten older, it's more about the people that you come in contact or the people that you meet. And it's less about the logo, and it's more about, you know, the guys that you know or the guys you grew up covering, like Spencer Burford. Would I have ever called myself a 49ers fan? No, but – you see Big Spencer playing for the 49ers. Are you pulling against the 49ers anytime? I'm not because you don't want that kid to lose. He's a nice guy. He's a nice young man. He's a great player. And so I'm less now worried about the logos per se as opposed to who I'm meeting. That's interesting because I think because of the business we're in and a lot of fans don't understand that, like 
I noticed it first when when Dion became a cowboy, right? Everybody hated Dion Sanders until he put on that jersey. And then they they love Dion Sanders. But because we're around guys, like we know there's some Spurs that were jerks, mm-hmm. right? But they wore the silver and black. And there's some Spurs that are great guys. And there I had that personally with viewers, it was an issue because I covered Shaq in high school. And I love Shaq. And Shaq was the coolest guy ever. But when he was with the Lakers and he was dogging David Robinson, that was a big rivalry. I wanted the Spurs to win, but I love Shaq. I mean, he tore and your Versace jacket one night. He, he did. Uh, Armani. <laughs> Armani, and, sorry. And, but but so so you like the people. And, and that's like, you know, Jordan Clarkson playing for the Utah Jazz. We love Jordan. We love his family. We love his mom and dad. And. And um, a lot of viewers don't get that. They just say, you know, you're with the jersey or whatever. But for me, everybody knows it's uh, most people know I grew up pretty much here in San Antonio um, and was a Spurs fan from the ABA days. And um, and my oldest son's name is Landry, uh, named after Tom Landry. My, my grandmother indoctrinated us like Chuck's family, indoctrinated him to Packers fans. I had to memorize the Cowboys 1974 roster as an eight-year-old and come back to my grandmother and tell her <laughs> each name and each number. Uh, so And probably where they went to school, too. No yeah, idea. yeah, yeah. So uh, Nanny had uh, Cowboys license plates uh, on her car until the day that uh, Jerry Jones fired Tom Landry, and then she sent my grandfather out to take the license plates off the car because she hated Jerry Jones. But, uh, yeah, I was indoctrinated. So I, I think it's interesting how – People nowadays look at their favorite teams. They don't really root for teams. They root for players nowadays. It's like people root for Juju Smith-Schuster because he's big on TikTok and all that stuff. And people follow Steph Curry. If Steph Curry was to leave the Warriors, I think they would lose three-quarters of their fan base, not because of the team, but because they're following their favorite player. For me, it was it was I was always a Broncos fan because my dad was a Broncos fan. I'm I'm all over the place though. I'm a Miami Heat fan. I am a Boston Red Sox fan. Uh, they all have stories really quickly. Um, I was a huge Lakers fan because I'm from Southern California, but they traded Shaq to the Heat. I went with the Heat. I hated Kobe. Um, the Red Sox, I used to watch a show called uh, uh, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody based in a Disney Channel show based in uh, Boston. <laughs> they uh, liked the Red Sox. Plus, I was just coming up when they broke the curse, so kind of fell in love with that group of idiots. That was a hard team to hate. Yeah, yeah. The big group big of poppy. dummies. Um and then I actually, my dad was a Red Sox or a, uh, a Broncos and a Cowboys fan, and so in Southern California and in, in Palm Desert where I'm from, they had a, a pro am called the Bob Hope Chrysler Classic down there, and it was the year after John Elway retired, so it was '99, 2000, and Emmett Smith was playing and Elway was playing. They were both having horrible days on the course, <laughs> so my dad decked us out in Broncos stuff, and we went out and tried to get our stuff signed by John Elway. He shanked one into the right side. And he still took moment to sign all of our stuff mid-round and was really nice about it, talked to us for a couple of minutes. And so then my dad took us back to the car, changed us into all Cowboys stuff, and tried to, <laughs> tried nice. to do the same thing with Emmett Smith. And Emmett was having an equally bad day, and he came over and cussed us out when we were trying to get, get uh, stuff, interview, or stuff signed. And right. so, so you probably never so forgot was, that, right? So I was like, you know what? Screw Emmett. Screw the Cowboys. Right. I'm a Broncos fan for life. So uh, in which is funny because uh, the public sentiment of the two of them is the complete opposite. <laughs> right. The day, you had, the day you ran into him, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, so. I mean, it's like the public sentiment. You talked about Boston, right? Josh Beckett, a stalwart on that staff mm-hmm. when they were starting to win, lives here. 
I think the reputation he had in Boston was that he was surly, he was bad with the press. I mean, he's always been good to us. I mean, yeah. like, lights out, great guy. You can call him anytime. He's really good because he's friends with Jimmy Walker. Like, if Jimmy Walker does something great, you can always get Josh Beckett to chime in and, you know, give you some play-by-play on what's going on with Jimmy. So, you know, again, it's just funny how a narrative or something is created around a player. And, again, it goes back to – you know, are you a fan of the logo or are you a fan of the guy? I mean, I wasn't necessarily a Red Sox fan, but I was never pulling against yeah, Josh Beckett, right. not any stop of his career. And, like, I, I went to ASU, I'll always root for Herm Edwards, no matter where he goes, what he does. I'll always root for Herm. I know he wasn't great in, at ASU, but he was a fantastic. Brandon Ayuk, I'll always root for him because I went to school with him. It was just those kinds of things. He'll always root for those sure, guys. Sure, yeah. Anyway, let's get to Dame time. Uh, the Portland Trailblazer star, Damian Lillard, he requested that trade from the Trailblazers, his preferred destination is the Miami Heat, but he has a deep respect for San Antonio, as I would imagine most people do, but uh, makes everyone's ears perk up a little bit around here. So, gentlemen, I ask you now, Damian Lillard to the Spurs, who says no? Matt. <laughs> gonna be, we're, uh, uh, we're hypocrites because we, um, we're going to discuss this, but, you know, th- no, Matt, he's going to your team, the Miami Heat. <laughs> I mean, he, I hope he's going to the Miami Heat because he wants to go to the Miami Heat and player empowerment. They get what they want. Um, he doesn't have a no trade clause, though. They he, can send him he wherever does, he wants. He, yeah, true, but they're not going to. They're going to send him to Miami. Tyler Hero is going to probably be involved in a third a third team. Um, it doesn't make any sense for the Spurs. Um, there's no reason in the world that you would want the window with Wemby to be shortened by a guy who's going to be 36 years old in year three of this deal, making $63 million a year. I, I, I'm intrigued by this. I'm intrigued by being the third team in a Dame Lillard to Miami deal or to Philadelphia and and maybe giving up a pick and a Keldon or something like that for a Tyrese Maxey or something like that, so, somebody who's going to fit your window to grow where you don't give up as much assets. But look, it's going to take a lot to get Dame Lillard one-on-one. The Spurs have the assets, but they would be giving up way. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Too much to try to get Damian Lillard here. I don't know if they would be, though, because you have, I think we went over it last time, 12 first round picks, 14 second round picks in the next five years. They're going to they, want young players. And they have cap space. They're not going to get both. You saw what Bradley Beal went for. And he had it, but he, yeah, he also had a new trade clause. So, I mean, he went for a little less than he should have. But if you give up, just throwing names out there, Devin Vassell and, no. and three first-round picks, you're probably going to get Dan. I don't think so. And I wouldn't give up Devin Vassell. Um, I wouldn't give up uh, Sohan either. I, I might give up Keldon because of his money. What about Malachi? If it was just Malachi and a couple of picks for Dave Miller, yeah. But Malachi, Doug McDermott, a couple of picks? Maybe. Maybe. But it's, it's, I'm more worried about what he does to your cap uh, and, and the, the length of the window. One thing we know about the Spurs is this is all fun talk. 
but they've already planned this out well in advance. They probably thought about this three years ago and they're way ahead of everybody. And they have a plan. And I don't think, and I may be wrong, but I don't think their plan involves a 33-year-old. Chuck? I, I think what Don said is apt. I mean, I think it's all about the window, right? On the surface, who wouldn't want Damian Lillard on their team, right? I know I would. He'd be fun to watch. I'd pay money to watch that guy play. He's one of the few in the league that I would. I mean, I think everything that he's about, team first, you know, that kind of guy, that speaks to me. Who wouldn't want this guy on your team? However, the window just doesn't match up with all the young guys that you got, including number one, that you have now for – you know, the foreseeable future and a guy that's just going to be growing into his career. I mean, if this was a team that was on the verge of making that leap into the upper echelon of teams, then you'd say, of course, let's do it. We got these assets. This guy gets us over the top. But right now, again, I think organically, let's just see how this thing plays out before we start trying to jam said superstar into the lineup. And I'll say this, too. Chuck and I both remember David Robinson's rookie year. When the Spurs surrounded him with Terry Cummings and Caldwell Jones and Mo Cheeks and they got Rod Strickland, Sean Elliott came in the same year. And they were ready to win. They didn't know it, but they were ready to win right after Christmas. And they go seven games with Portland and and Portland goes on to the finals. That was a team that went from 20 wins to 60 wins. And they were good overnight. If Wemby is ahead of where they think he is. Because I think they think he's a two- to three-year development. But if they get to the All-Star break and they're fifth in the West and he's averaging 20 and 10 and he's ahead of schedule, I could see them making a deal at the deadline. But I don't think they're going to do it now. I think they're going to – I think it's probably year two, year three. But – if they accelerate the timeline and, and, and they prove that, you know, let's say Jeremy takes a big leap forward and so does Malachi and so does Devin and they're, they're really good, then I think they would add that piece. But I, I think it's still a year away, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case at the deadline. The way I kind of think about it is back in the, was it 12-11 when Oklahoma City had the three monsters. They had Harden, Westbrook, and Durant, all drafted, all homegrown talent. The way I'm kind of thinking about this, they never got over that over that hump because they needed something else. And yes, the the timeline might not match up perfectly, but if you have Damian Lillard plus Victor Wembanyama plus two or three of those other pieces that are already on the team, whether it's this year or next year, they're going to make that leap. They're you're almost forcing them to make that leap. But you don't know what Wimby is, and that's why they're going to wait. You know what what you have at least as a floor. You have a good defensive player, you think, as a, as a floor. But you don't know. And, again, I just think he's too old. And he's too costly. Yeah, he's, what, like, 33 like years Tyrese old. Tyrese Maxey appeals to me way more than Damian Lillard. And I know he's not as good a player, right? But he might be. Jeremy Sohan averaged 11 points last year as a rookie. You know how many Kawhi average as a rookie? 7.9. Couldn't shoot a lick. Who's to say Jeremy Sohan isn't Kawhi? We don't know yet. What Devin's going to be, what Jeremy's going to be, what Malachi's going to be. But that also goes to the other argument. You know exactly what Damon is. Right. So why would you give up a Jeremy or include a Malachi or a Devin when they could be better than Damian Lillard? Better than Damian Lillard's like I, saying you're going to be better than a top 70 a, player of all time. He's a five-time All-Star. Yeah. He's an 11-year vet. He's only made the All-Star game five, 
five times. Damian Lillard is a very good player, but he's not Kobe. No. And, and I don't know. I'm not saying that Jeremy Sohan or, or Der- Devin Vassell is going to be better than, than Damian Lillard. I'm saying we don't know yet. We didn't know. Year three, we didn't think Kawhi was going to be this guy for the Toronto Raptors who was going to crush everybody and be this assassin. He was a decent first round, mid 15th pick overall who guarded the, you know, they. Yeah, he was a nice piece on a nice, nice team. Piece. Yeah. Yep. So the the trade that uh, I think it was Sean Marks on ESPN put together for the Spurs in Portland was Devin Vassell, Malachi, Doug, and some picks. You say no? No. Chuck, say no. You say no? No. I, I'm again, I want to do homegrown and see what happens. I mean, I think this league is waiting to be had. If If last year taught us nothing is that – you don't win with super superstars anymore. I mean, look at how much movement there was, how teams are getting rid of them. It's mixing and matching, trying to pair these guys. You got to find guys that you can cultivate, make your own, play the team game, play the system. And then if they accidentally turn out to be superstars along the way, great. But, you know, I think Tim Duncan's career proved that, you know, if you're looking at Tim Duncan as a player by himself, would you? automatically say that he passed the eye test for greatest players ever played. I think a lot of what Tim gets, aptly so, is he was the best player on teams that won five championships. So the shine's going to come from the glare of the spotlight and all the accolades and all the endorsements and anything else that you want is going to come with it when you win. These things happen when you win. So if you're at a place right now and you're just trying to grab all these guys, most of them have never won, and then hope you're going to win. I mean, Phoenix is a prime example. I mean, who would have thought that they couldn't win with the cast of guys that they have, all those great players, and yet here they are, close, but no cigar. And every team that James Harden has ever gone to. Right. I mean, he's <laughs> that, going to ramp it up for a couple of weeks a year, and you know he's going to be great in a couple of games, and he's going to get – all the love for a couple of days, and then he's going to revert back to being the guy that hogs the ball, and you know, ball goes in, but ball doesn't come out. All right. Well, selfishly, I would really like him not to go to the Spurs because I want him on the Heat. He's so. going to the Heat. <laughs> he's going to the Heat. But, and I think the thing that Chuck and I have that perspective, and I think a lot of Spurs fans do that's different from fans around the country, is this is all great fantasy basketball talk, right? But you know that teams win. That's why we were kind of pulling for Denver. Denver was so much Spur-like with Jokic and the guys around him. Amen. And, you know, you could, uh, the offseason is exhausting with LeBron and AD and who are the Suns going to trade for and Kevin Durant and James Harden on the move and Russell Westbrook, however many teams he's played for. Chris Paul can't get along with Harden and then he can't get along with Westbrook or whatever. It's the, it's the teams. I mean, that's fun for fans. But coaches know what wins. And it, the what wins is an Aaron Gordon who's like a top five pick, right, deciding to play a role uh, on a really good team with Jokic and Murray and those guys. And that's what I think the Spurs have potentially with the young guys they have. Let me ask you this. If this was two years from now, you would say yes to this trade? If this, Yes, maybe. If, 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 if Damian uh, Lillard was, two, was 33 in two years, like if we had the exact same situation right now, all the guys on the roster for the Spurs were two years older, we kind of knew what they were. You would say yes, Correct. probably. Okay. If, if if Wimby, two years from now, is what he, we think he's going to be. Got it. Um, well, let's move to the Spurs moves that they have made. They re-signed Trey Jones. They got rid of, or didn't get rid of, but didn't re-sign Kiata Bates-Diop. Um, 
they re-signed Champagny, re-signed Sandro. Anyone want to pronounce his last Mamou name? Mamou Kelichvili. Yeah, that. Uh, they re-signed him. So what do you guys think of the moves that the Spurs have made so far? Filling out a roster. I mean, Trey's nice. Trey's a nice He's back. the quiet glue guy, as Brian yeah, Wright that's said. Yeah, that's a good price for him, too. Yeah, $20 million. Yeah, I like watching Trey Jones play ball. I mean, I, it feels like he's in control of what's going on when they run their sets. He looks like a point guard to me. And, you know, what's what's the problem with letting him grow up in the system too, I, right? I, think I mean, they, you don't know. I think they've truly stuck with what they said last, last week or two weeks ago. Time's just blending together now. Uh, when they said that they're going to let the guys dictate what this team is. Right now, I think we all can agree that they're not a championship team. They might be eventually with the – guys they have on the roster and some other stuff but right now i think they're a play-in maybe a playoff team at that seven eight spot but they're really going to let these guys dictate okay you want to win this year play like you want to win this year you want to win next year play like you want to win next year they're going to really kind of dictate that so yeah whatever we think in free we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Agency, when this thing kicks in on July 1st and everybody starts talking about it on the shows on ESPN and stuff, they thought about it two years ago. Right. And to (laughs) me, this looks like a league that's just waiting to be had right now. There's all this superstar movement and players flocking to each coast. And it just looks like, this league, there's going to be a team that's going to come out of nowhere that's going to do this right, do the slow build, and then they're going to be able to dominate this entire league because it looks like, at least to me on the surface, that there are very few of these teams that actually know what the hell they're doing. We're recording this Monday at about uh, 1.30. Let's just hope that Dame's not traded by the time this gets posted in about two hours. So <laughs> He'll be uh, in Miami. He'll be in Miami in two hours, and then you can disregard the first 15 minutes of this podcast. Um, so finally, we heard from Victor this week uh, about him not playing in the Sacramento Summer League and him not playing in FIBA. Let's take a listen to him first, and then we'll uh, talk about what he said. Um, you know, it's uh, I had a long season uh, with, uh, with the Mets 92. I'm going to have a, a long season with the Spurs. And uh, there's the Olympics after that, and I just think that more than more than two years without rest is is uh, is too big of a risk, you know. There's a uh, really big events coming up <clears throat> like the Olympics that I really really don't want to miss, and uh, so to be able to be available for the national team for the next uh, I don't know how many years, uh, I feel like I need to miss this one. How hard was that decision to make? Um, knowing how much you love playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, really hard, really hard. It's because uh, it's, for me, my career is going to be as much with the, with, the, with, the, with the franchise as with the national team. You know, it's, there's titles to win with both. And uh, yeah, missi- missing the national team is just like missing the season with the Spurs. It would be, it's kind of crazy, you know. So what are your guys' thoughts on, on hearing that from Victor? To me, it sounds like he and his team really thinking realistically about 
um, how he can have the most success for his career and in, in just his longevity and kind of making him have like a LeBron-type career instead of someone who retires in five years. You know, it sounds like to me that obviously it's not just the team around him. It's the team here and I think a lot of other entities that really basically laid this out for him. Look, dude, you did play a long season. We could throw you into this summer league and play you every game and, you know, start building the brand equity that way. But the bottom line is there's going to be a lot of weekend warriors in these summer league camps. They're going to be trying to make a name for themselves. You have no idea what's going to happen when you start playing a brand or an entity like this or a guy that you view might someday save your franchise. You know, it just doesn't make a lot of sense in a lot of ways to put him in these games this early on. And then the FIBA stuff too. It's, you know, having the conversation about these exact things with Josh Young. This was a guy that the Rangers had to physically tell in the offseason, stop lifting so many weights. Stop hitting a 1,000 balls a day. You're breaking your body down because you need time to rest. You need time for your body to recover. You can't keep going at this pace and expect to play the rigors of 162 games. So he did. He took it off a little bit. Josh Young did. And I mean, I think this is the same thing with Wimby. He's 19 years old. He's already played a full season. What are the benefits? What are the risks? What are the rewards of playing a full summer, playing FIBA, and then trying to play as a 19-year-old, trying to figure out how you navigate or traverse your first year in the NBA? It makes total sense to me. Whoever came up with the idea or however they got to this conclusion it makes sense that this is the way they're going to go. One hundred percent, and I think it's a it's a it's try it's a triumvirate. I think it's Wimby's people, it's it's him after the draft and the Nike and all the stuff, realizing, oh man, I am overwhelmed with all this stuff. This is going to be a lot. It's the Spurs. I think it's Pop and the team saying, "Look, we want you to do whatever you want to do." But we've been down this road before, and here's some things to consider. You did this with Mets. If you do this with FIBA, you go 82 games, and then you try to play. Then the next summer you're talking about the Olympics, and you're playing 200 games in this month. Then I think it's, it's, the, it's the dinner with the Mount Rushmore. I think Manu and Tim and David, especially Manu, can give them some wisdom like, the the Olymp your team's going to qualify. The Olympics is what matters. The season is what matters. You want to play now because you're 19 and you want to you know you don't want to let your country down or whatever. But it takes you. It's the old uh, it's the old rancher story. Um, you guys ever heard the story of the of the daddy bull and the baby bull? Nope. So the daddy bull and the baby bull are on a hill and they're looking down at this valley. There's all these beautiful heifer cows. And the baby bull says to the daddy bull, hey, daddy, let's run down that hill and stud us one of them heifers. And the daddy bull says, no, son, let's walk down the hill and stud every one of them. <laughs> so the dad's been around a while, and Victor may be all energetic to go into this venture, but the Spurs are saying, it's a long process. Be calm. You're going to get what you want, but that might mean you don't play every game. Because right. you know he's chomping at the bit to play in these summer league games. Yeah. Right. I mean, but again, it comes down to also honoring your paycheck. It's nice to play for your country, but if you're going to take $50 million to play for an NBA team, well, then some of this has to be, 
you know, like all of us, you've got to answer to the person or the people that are writing your paycheck. Yeah. So yeah, again, it just makes sense on a million different levels. I wish I could argue the other way because I would like to see him play, but Heck, how many of those games do we watch him playing in France? I mean, do we need to see him playing in exactly. beer league summer games? I don't. Not at this point. And in my they're life. probably telling him, look, do you want to be the guy everybody's tell- telling us that you're going to be? Do you want to be a bust in your rookie year? Why don't, instead of playing these summer league games, you start working with our development team, with our strength and conditioning guys? Why don't you start getting stronger? Why don't you start working with Tim in the gym while all these guys go to Sacramento and work on your footwork? Those kind of things so that when October comes, you're, you're what everybody is expecting. Let's hear from uh, Wemby as well. He, he did express some disappointment this week about not playing in Sacramento, especially not playing the Lakers for some reason. I don't know what he meant by that, but let's hear it. How much? Probably uh, more, you know, at least I'm, I'm going to play at least one or two games. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how, how it works yet, you know, how many minutes I'm going to play. But uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna have a big role, and it's gonna be intense. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to try that. To, to wear that that Spurs jersey for the first time. Are you, dis- are you disappointed not to go to Sac or Sacramento? Or? Yeah, a little bit, because I know we would have played the Lakers. Mm-hmm. I think. And uh, yeah, yeah, it would have been fun. I mean, I want to play as many games as I can, but sometimes you gotta make sacrifices. <laughs> Already starting that rivalry with the Lakers, I guess, is he just I'm wants to play it. against them. <laughs> I thought there was an interesting comment right there that I didn't pick up on before, and that is I don't know how much of a role I'm going to have. It's going to be intense. I think, does he mean it's going to be, you know, the media scrutiny that he's going to be getting? I think if that's what's going to be intense. I don't think the games are going to be intense. I think he'll make, I mean, I think that he goes into everything hoping and thinking it's going to be intense, like the games, then the competition, because he seems like a, a, um, a fiercely competitive person. But, I, yeah, I, didn't, I don't know what he means by... I think it's the circus. That's The fair. circus is going to be intense. In Vegas, it is going to be pretty intense, especially when he's playing the top two picks in the, other, in, in the draft, or the, the other top two picks, uh, two and three. So um, let's get to a little bit of baseball. I know uh, we, we all had a great moment on, on Thursday when Josh Young... Former MacArthur star, uh, you guys pronounce it Brahma or Brahma? Either. <laughs> I go with Brahma just because it seems like I've been taught to say Brahma. Well, we got San Antonio Brahmas now too, so right. we got Brahmas well, everywhere. And then I screw it up and say San Antonio Brahmas, and then I get to hate <laughs> the other way. So I, I tell you this, win. I hosted one of their pep rallies one time, and I was in front of 2,000 people out there on a Thursday night getting ready for a big football game, and I said from the stage, okay, once and for all, is it Brahmas or Brahmas? Here we go. One, two, three. And they all screamed, and it was 50-50. <laughs> all right. Well, I say, I say Brahma. So let's go. Josh Young, he was selected as the third uh, base all-star game starter for the American League. Texas kid, grew up in San Antonio, went to Texas Tech, now he plays for the Rangers. Fourth rookie, a Rangers rookie to make uh, the all-star game in franchise history. First rookie in franchise history to start. First third baseman to start the all-star game since Eddie Kazak. Kazak? Kazakh in uh, 1949. What else can you say about this kid? We're old, Matt, but we don't remember Eddie. Well, that's, Eddie was, for, he that's was the looking first at thing. us like we knew how to pronounce that name. Yeah, right. Well, I figured Chuck I might. Heard <laughs> of him. Yeah, that was the new one on me, too. What else can you say about this kid? He's just, my goodness, he's a stud. I mean, I thought we knew that he was going to be a stud when he was in high school. I mean, 
just looking at him physically and how he's built, he's got an unbelievable lower torso and wide-hipped. And usually the wide-hipped guys are the ones that you should really be watching out for, especially the ones that move like he does. And then, you know, maybe surprised to see how he dominated at Texas Tech. I mean, multi-All-American all three years that he was there. And then, you know, the Rangers see what everybody else sees at that point. They draft him in the first round. But then, you know, you've got COVID. He's got a couple of injuries that he just can't seem to stay healthy. But you could see whatever it was that he had, given his work ethic, he was going to have a shot. And, you know, but to think that he's doing all this in his first full year, I don't know that anybody saw that coming. And and it's gone from, wow, we're rooting for this kid at Texas Tech, man. He may be a pro. To Oh, wow, he's a first-round pick. When is he going to get to the big leagues? To I said to Chuck earlier this year, is he Mike Trout? Like, is he the best? Is he going to be, like, a 10-year Hall of Fame all-star? I mean, why right now, Why? Well, who's to say no? Yeah, I mean, he has the second most home runs by a rookie by the all-star break, only trailing Adelise Garcia, who was a couple years ago in 2021. And he came, and Garcia came in as a 28-year-old from the minors. I mean, he... Josh Young is just having an unbelievable year. And what's crazy about it is that he's only favored to win the rookie of the year right now in the AL by like a little bit over Masataka Yoshida of the Red Sox. It's kind of crazy. But um, it's the hype, it's the Boston hype machine. Probably, yeah. And then Bryce Miller's fifth. San Antonio kids all over the place. But uh, Chuck, you got to talk to Mary and Jeff Young uh, the other day. And I, I was looking for sound for the pod and I, I listened to the to the whole interview and I wanted to listen to it again and again it was just the first couple of minutes of it were just unbelievable with the emotion and what they had to say about their son so let's listen to a little bit of it here and uh, get get some sound from you guys afterwards the pinch me moment for you was him just being on the ballot now what what is somebody I, to do now? oh my gosh I mean if I can do a cartwheel and not hurt myself there we go I mean this is so exciting. Jeff, how about you? I mean, how did you guys get the, the message? Was it on the TV like the rest of us? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> but we could. We were told we couldn't say anything. After the game was over, um, I was working down. We were actually pouring concrete today. And so I got a text from Josh, and, and he said, hey, uh, me, Corey, Simeon, and Heim are all starting. And so I just assumed that that meant that the all-star game, because he didn't say anything about the all-star game. He just said, yeah, we're all starting. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, so I said, well, congratulations. I said, you know, it's uh, Josh Young, MLB, American League, all-star third baseman. That's going to follow him forever. So that's pretty cool. I mean, come on, y'all. I mean, it's one thing to get to the show, really, in year one. I mean, could you have ever foreseen any of this coming? I mean, I knew knew that the kid could play ball, but, I mean, all-star starter? I mean, what are your thoughts? Oh, absolutely. We knew this when he was born. (laughs) The minute he was born, Chuck. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, you you always – you hope for, you know, the best, and and he's always put his goals forth, and, I mean, it was – you know, I think the one thing that he did say is he goes, well, there hasn't been a rookie third baseman start for the American League since 1949. He didn't know who it was, but he just, you know, threw that in there. So, yeah, it's special. It's it's one of those things that you don't expect. It's kind of a pinch me, you know, just like she said earlier. Just crazy. That's so you know, exciting. Yeah, I bet it is. Okay, but you guys, 
you know, it's one thing to put up the stats and obviously he earned his way on there, but you know, this is an accolade that is born of the fans. I mean, could you ever right. envision that he would have this kind of notoriety, obviously your household name this early in his career? I mean, is that another level to all this for you? Yeah, it is. And and we, we talked about that, you know, last week and I told him, I said, you know, after he overtook, uh, got first place in the phase one of the voting, I think it was like 1.2 million voters. And it, to think that there was 100 or, you know, million point two people that had enough thought about you to put that into the computer. That's, that's insane. I mean, right. you know, with everything that goes along with all this, um, it's still a popular vote. It is a, you know, a contest. So for somebody to, you know, go on there, however many times they did go on there and, and punch the button. It's just a, you know, it's a success story for him. It's, it's really very cool. Very nice. I think level was really, really cool. Like first round. And then when he surpassed that and made it to the second round, he, um he texted and said, rally the troops. Like, I think that's when it hit <laughs> for him. So that's when we called everyone we knew we were sending messages like, Hey, well, you got Texas, go. you got Texas Tech Red Raiders. You got a bunch of fans out there. Texas for that. high school coach. Yeah, I mean, you'd, San you know, Antonio. So all San Antonio people and Texas Ranger people. I mean, he's he's been a lot of places and had made a lot of uh, stops along the way. So, um, you know, we thank everybody for voting for him. Absolutely. I mean, it's a little weird, right? Because I mean, I was thinking, man, that's not fair. Chapman's got the whole nation of Canada pulling for him, but I know about right. the other way too. Canada versus USA. Right. Okay, Mary, <laughs> you got your flights booked. I mean, how are you guys doing this? Are you going to Seattle to watch the show? Oh, we're getting there we're somehow. Get there somehow. somehow, Chuck, we're getting there. <laughs> we Go haven't figured, me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we haven't figured all that out. The minor leagues have their break at the same time, so we're hoping we can get get little, the whole family get the whole there. family there. But we'll see how that works out. Guys, you both listened to that. What uh, what were your general thoughts when you heard what they had to say about their son? Well, I always like what Mary has to say because it's so pure as a mom. I mean, she's watched, obviously, her kids grow up, and she wanted the best for her kids, and both of her kids wanted to be ball players, and it somehow worked out that way. And then Jeff, you could tell he's proud but he's also super humble. So he, everything that he says is measured and reserved. And I think he's just literally taking this day by day because he knows it is baseball for every high there's three lows and you know, it's just the way it is. It's the way the game is. So he's super measured with how he responds to things. Obviously I think both his parents, they're enjoying what's going on with their son who wouldn't be. And I mean, that's why I think it's been amazing to see just even how they go about talking to the press because when they were in high school, when the boys were in college, they were very reluctant to, nope, let them, let them have all the shine because they've earned it. They've done this. This has nothing to do with us. It's them. Now it's, it's nice to see that they can just sit back and, you know, I think Don, as we get older, I'm more interested in the parents' stories than I am. We've done so many of these wow, look at who's the soup du jour from San Antonio stories over the years. It's refreshing to hear what the parents have to say and how they handle themselves as parents regarding all this celebrity. And I think that's what I think the thing that was most fascinating to them, as well as it was to me, 
not that he's a good ball player, not that he's an all-star, the fact that there was a fan element to this and there was a vote involved. And there's all these big names in baseball and the biggest of the bigs. And here he is, he gets enough votes by the preponderance of voting to be voted in. I think that's what's kind of perplexing to them is that they know he's good. We know he's good. The people in Arlington know he's good, but much to their surprise, I think they're, they know that the whole country knows or the whole world for that matter, because anybody can vote knows that he's good. And they voted him as an all-star. Well, you check, you, you mentioned it in the interview. They got 58% of the vote between him and Matt Chapman, who plays for the Toronto Blue Jays and had an entire country probably voting for him. He got 58% of the vote of 1.25 million votes for him to start the All-Star game. That's unbelievable. And the Rangers are going through a renaissance here and sold out every game in that Astros series. And uh, people up in, our, in the Metroplex have Ranger fever right now. And so I think the team probably did a good job of getting the, the message out to vote as well. Um, but you know what's about his parents is I think I've found that, you know, Jordan Clarkson's dad, Mike, is another great example. The guys who know that their kid is really, really good are a lot more humble and cautious to speak to the media than the guys who's trying to make everybody believe that his kid is really, really good. Yeah, and well his kid, said. his kid might be, you know, but he's not. He's not Josh Young. He's the guy that's in the minors right now, or the guy that's the backup corner at Florida State right now instead of the starter, but. You know, he's really good, but the guys that, that know, like like Josh and Mary, and the other th thing that she said that was so great was she's so happy for them because of the sacrifices she knows they made. You know, Jack play, uh, we had him on, on TNL, I think his junior year as a quarterback, and he didn't play his senior year, and she said he went to the first game with tears running down his face because he gave up football to concentrate on baseball, and it was hard for him to give up football. But this is the reward, and so she, I think she's happy that, the rewards are now coming. It's it's just amazing for them for them. And last thing on the way out, though, um, having a little fun. It, we are named the Sneakers and Cleats podcast after all. So Wemby was asked about what kind of shoes he's been wearing recently. They better be Nikes. They are Nikes. He said uh, he wears the yet to be released Noctiglides. Kind of uh, uh, humble humble brag there that they haven't been released yet. But I'm going to show them to you guys. That's what he's been wearing. That's what he was wearing at... Is this going to be called the Wimby One or something? I don't know. Those are the Noctiglides, though. That's what he was wearing at, at Yankee Oct Stadium. Noct as in eight? Knock. Knock as in knock the knock on a door? Yeah, knock to glide. Knock to glide? Yeah, that's what, that's what he's been wearing. That's what he wore at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Like them? Hate them? Are they the, are the same ones he's going to play in? I don't know if he's playing in them, but that's what he's been wearing around. They're all right. They, they look... They look uh, Familiar. I think they're kind of ugly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, can you, maybe he's just wearing whatever fits his 20 and a half size foot. So I think he's wearing whatever Nike is, <laughs> is since they're going to give him $100 million. They, how do they spell that? N O C H? N O C T A Glide. Let's look that they haven't up. been released yet. So N O C T. <laughs> oh, okay. Night. Night Glide. Oh. Night as in go. PM or night as in. A shining armor. Night as in PM. Okay. But he this may is why we have to be the knight in shining armor. This yeah. is why we have Chuck around. He knows he knows to look things up when so when they I glow just in the dark know. or what? <laughs> I don't know, but 
They're uh, they're hoping the guys stay right. up, stay up front. So Jordan like, Eleven is my favorite. And I thought that time. was German first. It's like Nochainen is when you say you want another beer. Nochainen bitte, <laughs> give me another one. See, I didn't know you lived in Germany. Now, you, the, with how well you speak German, I understand uh, a lot more about this. So. Oh, I wish I could speak it a little better than I do, but. Thank you for the Better than all of us. <laughs> I speak it a little bit because I had to listen to him do a babble on his computer for two years <laughs> when he was repeating everything. No, he went to headphones. And... Yeah. You guys you guys have sat next to each other for nine years now? I don't yeah. know. Nine years. It. Yeah, it's a long time next to each other. To We're be like an old married couple. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> you got Don pounding away on his keyboard like it stole something from him. Right? <laughs> And then, and then, I know, and like then, heavyweight fingers. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, that's a quick reminder. You can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast, and on YouTube, the YouTube version has video elements of the sound bites, and you'll be able to see that interview that Chuck did with uh, Mary. That's and another Jeff age thing, Matt. See, we came up in the in the era of typewriters. Okay. Where you had to bang in order to get get it on. You know? Yeah, and he's gone through four keyboard keyboards <laughs> this year, probably. So. Uh, please download, subscribe, rate, review the podcast. It helps us out a lot with our metrics. Give us a five-star rating. We'll read some feedback next time. I think we have a couple of comments on there, so that's great. We'll see you on Wednesday with thoughts on the Spurs and Summer League. Who knows? Maybe Damian Lillard will be here next. by the time we talk again. He we'll might be, be at Summer League. That's more, that's more realistic. <laughs> we'll see you next time right here on the Sneakers and Cleats podcast.